Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, that was <laughs> Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar you were just listening to, and that means it's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, now that the mute has been turned off. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in snowy hooks at New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, right here at YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul Pablo Maduro, and Dave also called Dave and Confused. Hello. And we have very special guests all the way from sunny Florida, Terrence Riley, who is the VP of Sales and Marketing for Aganorsa Leaf. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And um, tonight's uh, episode is focusing around uh, cigars and tobaccos that utilize rare tobaccos in limited small batch blends, and we are kicking that off with the Aganorsa Rare Leaf Toro, another release that just came out this year, right, Terrence? Yes, sir. Right? It's, uh, just, just started shipping. Just started shipping. And what, what can you tell us about the makeup of this cigar? So this cigar is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is it's, uh, we, we generally use uh, two seed varietals, Corojo 99 mm -hmm. uh, and, and Criollo 98, and they're, they're two both Cuban seeds. Corojo 99 is not grown commonly at all in Nicaragua. I think we're the only major growers of it. And then Criollo 98 is more kind of quintessential Nicaraguan tobacco. A lot of people grow it, uh, especially from Esteli. And it has that kind of earthy, that kind of grit to it, uh, that body. And that's kind of what people think of when they think of Nicaraguan tobacco. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that, it, this is the most Criollo 98 cigar that uh, we, we probably have. Um, now there's still the Corojo in there. You get that sweetness on the finish that Corojo is still there, mm -hmm. but you, you, you really get uh, a much more dominant career 98, uh, taste experience from it. Um, and then the other aspect of it is that it's, it's kind of, uh, different approach to, to how we, we, uh, distribute it in that when you have rare tobaccos, um, we grow a lot of tobacco. We harvest over 17,000 bales a year, um, <laughs> which is quite oh, a lot. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> But the factory, the, the, the factory uh, only grows or only uh, utilizes about 10 percent of that, 15 percent of that. Um, and, and, and then there's certain lots on certain farms that will have a unique, uh, unique character to them, a unique flavor, unique aroma. Um, sure. And when you have something like that, um, you either have to kind of dilute it into into other blends um, where you lose some of that unique characteristic to it. Right. Um, or you come out with a limited edition. Which which you can you can concentrate those tobaccos in that blend, but then the blend you do make a thousand boxes, five hundred boxes, two thousand, whatever the number is, mm -hmm. and uh, and then and then it's gone. And so that's obviously frustrating sometimes for our retail partners because they'll have a customer that's been buying it and loves it, and then they're like, oh yeah, when you get more in, it's like, well, it's all gone. Mm. Um, and, and so that that can be a frustration. 
So what we did with Rare Leaf is that we we only released it to our Agonorsa Select partners, which is about 10% of our total customer base. Um, and that way, it's it's consistently available um, so that a retailer that has it has something that's special, that's something that not everybody has, and right. uh, and also um, can get it with you know fairly consistency. Again, it's like anything else. There's sometimes back orders, and if you order a ton of it, you won't get all that you order, but you'll be receiving it consistently throughout the year. Right. Right. And, you know, you know, so you, another plus for you, I would think, is that that would encourage stores that, you know, want that product to get into that top 10 percent or to be an ag or a preferred. Absolutely. So, that, that, you know, that's the whole idea. What we're trying to do is that, you know, there's lots of great cigars out there. There's a ton mm -hmm. of guys that make really great cigars. And uh, and so why would you choose us? And and uh, as, as a retailer, you have limited space, you know, no matter how big the humidor is, you know, there's never enough. I, I've never seen a room, a, a retailer say, you know, I, I really just have too much humidor space. I, I, I made a mistake. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't heard that yet. Um, so, so what we're trying to do is say, listen, if you support our core lines, you support our brands that, that, uh, you know, pay the bills, all, you know, amazing blends, uh, that, we, that we're really proud of. Uh, we're going to try to drive customers to your business and stuff like rare leaf, uh, is one of those products where, because there's not that many, um, you know, if you're, if you're a, a partner, you're going to be able to get access to that. And one of the most rewarding things I was just out in Oklahoma and Arkansas and Missouri, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a couple of select partners in those areas. And when I was in there, I'm like, hey, how is it working out for you? And they're like, oh, we get calls from California. We get calls from here and there and all over the country because they see that we're a select partner and mm -hmm. uh, and they and they want these products from us. So it brings them a customer and and hope, you know, we're, we're you know, we're not greedy. If that means that that guy calls in and orders a box of rare leaf, um, you know, maybe you have some other cigars that you can sell them too, you know, from other sure. companies. Yeah. And, uh, and now you have a new customer and that, and you add those up over the year. And, and, uh, and so that's the whole game is to, is to make sure that we're bringing customers to our retail partners. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Now, uh, before we get more into, uh, talking to Terrence, Paul, you want to talk to us about what we're pairing with, uh, mm. the Agonorsa leaf, rare leaf Toro tonight. I would, I would absolutely, master. I would absolutely love to. So tonight we are having one of my all-time favorite rides, the mm. Whistle Pig Ten Year. Whistle Pig yes, Ten Year. Yes, yes. For anyone who uh, hasn't had this, this is probably uh, it's one of my favorites, and, it, and certainly they have a uh, a pretty decent line of uh, rides, anywhere from Ten Year, Twelve Year, all the way up to the Boss Hog. <laughs> Boss Hog. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, in from the. Uh, from the website, from Whistlepig's website, mm -hmm. uh, the spirit of revolution. Ooh. Ingenuity, innovation, and a fearless pursuit of flavor led us to the discovery of an aged rye whiskey stock in the Great White North. We rescued it from a hapless fate, <laughs> aging it anew in virgin American oak. <laughs> we rescued it from the Canadians <laughs> right. and brought it to America where we know what we're doing. <laughs> Before hand bottling it on its own in all its glory. <laughs> Perhaps there was a stroke of good luck in the mix, but you know what they say about who fortune favors. And our whiskey is nothing if not bold. Mm. We offer you the most award-winning whiskey in the world, the one that started it all. Now, this is 96 points from Wine Enthusiast, one of the highest-rated rye whiskeys of all time, and 
It's certified kosher. It's certified kosher. <laughs> oh, so our Jewish friends will be happy. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, uh, how do you guys think it's mm. pairing with the cigar? Dave, what are your first thoughts in, um. in, in words, if you can? <laughs> oh, man. Use your words. <laughs> so um, just the whistle pig is blowing my mind right now. The... Um, Got a really smooth retro hail. Um, I'm getting some light leathers and earth, and there's like this weird kind of like spice <laughs> in it. Weird. Yeah, I can't put my I can't put my a weird on spice it. like what it is yet. Working on it. <laughs> All right, it's pairing it's pairing wonderfully with the whistle pig. Okay. Piggy, piggy. So you're struggling to find words to describe yeah. the wonderful, awesome flavors which you are experiencing right now. Paul, what are, what are you thinking about the pairing? I, I got to say that when I first had this cigar, it, it 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 exceeded all my expectations. And I and Terrence, I love Agonosa leaf cigars. He does. I, I really, really love them. They're, I like they're the cut of your chip. <laughs> so uh, getting back to the cigar, this cigar, I get a lot of cedar earth. Nice spice on this, this uh, great spice on the retro hail. Mm -hmm. With the whistle pig, it is bringing out a lot more of that cedar sweetness for me. It really, that's, I think it's the rye spice um, and maybe that touch of mint that you're getting out of the, the whistle pig. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely bringing out a lot more of that cedar sweetness and earth. It is fantastic. I think those are great descriptions for the cigar. Mm -hmm. Cedar spice. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, it is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful cigar and it's burning great too. Yeah. Mike, look at that. Look at that beauty. Yep. Mm -hmm. So are, are you able to, to smoke one along with us or are you, yeah. what, are you what are you smoking? Yeah. I'm smoking oh, rare leaf. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're not smoking a Padron or something. <laughs> uh, that'd be, that'd be odd. Productive. Yeah. So what, what kind of things do you get from the cigar, Terrence? So I, I get a lot of, again, to be repetitive a little bit here. I, uh, a lot of earth. It, it, this cigar is heavily dominant in our Creo uh, 98 tobacco. So you're getting, especially from Esteli. So you're getting that earth. You're getting that that uh, that nice retro hill. Uh, you get a little bit of spice on that retro hill for me at least. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the cedar is really is really dominant. Um, mm. And and, uh, and I I actually I'm not drinking it now, but I paired uh, <laughs> this cigar with that. Uh, very uh, rye that you're you're drinking this evening, and I think you know it's kind of like if you have you know watermelon, you put a little salt on it. It yeah. kind of it, it kind of brings out both flavors more. You know, you mix the sweet eat with the salt, and yeah. uh, and to me, it kind of does that with the, the same effect with the with the rye pairing. It just kind of accentuates the flavors of both. Do you think it's a contrasting pairing, Paul? No, it is. Well, yes, okay. It, yeah, okay. It's, <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, no. It's, it complements it very well, but it is contrasting because it is bringing out a lot more of that sweetness for me. Yeah. Now, there is a little bit of sweetness on its own, mm -hmm. but I get a lot more of the earthy, the spice, maybe a little bit of leather too. But the, uh, and I, I'm going to say it, that rye spice from the whistle pig is absolutely bringing out a lot more of that cedar sweetness for yes. me that I wouldn't get on I, its own. I agree. I agree with that. I agree. I think it's a great pairing so far. All right. So, Terrence, what makes the rare leaf rare? <laughs> so it's it's really go, goes back to that uh, that that fact that, as I said, we grow we grow a lot of tobacco. But for instance, like our 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 fields in Jalapa, 
we have different fields. And then even within a field, we divide them into lots. And on the lots, sometimes for whatever reason, a certain lot will have a completely different characteristic than the other lots on, on the farm. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and when you have that, um, as I said, it's very hard to, to utilize that tobacco. One of the things that I get asked a lot, uh, people will say like, oh, do you ever find this really rare tobacco or this, this tobacco that you know, is, is unique and different? And farmers hate that. They hate it because what they, what they want is they want the same thing over and over again. They want consistency. Uh, yeah, yeah, they want consistency. Exactly. Because really, that's the, you know, on, overall, that's what you want. You want to be able to put out the same. I mean, if you take, even, like, take, take McDonald's, for instance. McDonald's, right. nobody's going to say that that's the best hamburger they've ever had. No, I've never, I haven't heard that yet. Oh, you know, I've been here and there, but really McDonald's is the best burger. Uh, but every time you go to a McDonald's, you, you, you get that consistent experience right you know you know exactly yep. what, you get a big mac you know what a big mac tastes like and it's the right. same thing better, over and over and over yep. <laughs> for better or worse for better or worse and, and uh and so consistency is really key because when you have a consumer go in and go you know one time it was great another time it tasted different and then it, that's that's the death uh it's nail in the coffin you know mm. um and so far, the farmer wants to have a consistent product and and so that's generally the goal and so when i when i talk to the factory and i talk to the uh the, uh, the organization, I'm always saying there's opportunity to use these tobaccos that are rare and not really going to be fully effective or not going to not going to highlight their qualities um, if you dilute them into you know uh, core line brands, mm. um, and that helps to build the, the prestige of the company. It helps to highlight the the quality of the tobacco. And so you have to kind of take that approach. And so with rare leaf is a great example of that. It's we're really, I mean, if we were depending on rare leaf sales, we, I'd probably be fired or out of, we'd be out of business. Sure. Uh, it, it's just not that it's not that much, but um, because it's, it's so good um, mm -hmm. it brings people to Agonorsa. So a guy, a guy says, Oh, wow. You know, I really enjoy this. And, and, uh, and then, you know, they, they kind of puts the, puts in their mind uh, Agonorsa more for them because, there's like I said before, there's a lot of great cigars in the humidor. There's lots of great stuff. And, and if you can kind of catch somebody's attention, um, that's, that's gold. And, uh, and, and a cigar like this helps to do that because, uh, it doesn't taste really like a lot of other things out there. Now the, the rare stuff, you know, that, that, you know, the certain lots have that, that make them stand out in one way or another. Um, is that, utilized in the wrapper is that the binder the filler is it all of it what's yeah it can, it can, it can be it can be anything so uh, the wrapper obviously and we, we grow wrapper only for our own consumption we sell binder and filler we, we okay. the wrapper we keep for ourselves um but really what makes nicaragua special is is the filler tobacco that's really um what 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 people are searching for when, when they come to Nicaragua to buy tobacco, they're looking for filler tobacco, specifically visos and lijeros. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, um, th this, in this cigar, it's the, it's the filler and, uh, one of the binders that really, um, are, are tobaccos that have that unique characteristic. I, I know everyone talks about how much the wrapper affects the blend and that's and the wrapper obviously has an impact. Um, but really when you're, when you're blending, uh, classically to blend, the wrapper is almost purely for aesthetics. It's it's mm. basically it's meant to look nice and be neutral and to highlight the tobaccos inside. 
and mm. in this cigar, that's really that's that's the case. That's not always the case. A lot of times, the wrapper is okay. kind of the highlight uh, in, in a blend, and uh, we do a lot of that. But mm. in this particular cigar, uh, it's a great wrapper. Um, but really, what makes the cigar special is some of those binder, is the binder and some of those fillers. That's that's really cool because you know I, I I frankly don't hear that a lot. You know, that's yeah. you know you, you're it's the wrapper that's special and it's kind of enhanced by the the binder and the filler and and what you're telling me is that you really want us to experience what's inside the cigar and the wrapper is really there to support what's inside not the other way around yeah exactly in this case and that's not always the case but in this case that's what we're doing Mm. so that those kind of uh sweet cedar spice and earthy notes that's that's what's the unique uh, flavors and things that are in this particular kind of tobacco that's utilized in the cigar. Yeah, and, and what you could even do if you if you peeled off a little bit of the wrapper. Mm-hmm. It, usually, when you do that, like we have a cigar called the the torch, where you taste the binder filler tobaccos and then it hits the wrapper. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's like a completely different experience. So so you mm. you smoke those binder fillers. Uh, it kind of wakes up the palate. It's it's not completely balanced, but it's it's mm. it's it's very uh you know uh, lively. And mm-hmm. then you hit the wrapper and it becomes much more balanced and complex. Um, and, and that's unintentionally. But with this cigar, if you peeled off, you know, a half, uh, half inch of the wrapper and smoked it, it would be basically the same experience. It, w- it, would, it would taste almost exactly the same. And, and that's mm-hmm. intentional. Well, sometime when it's not burning, I might try that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it down. Uh, yeah. I, don't want, I don't want any lawsuits. Darren told me to peel the, peel the wrapper off. I got 30 degree burns. Dan's got that covered already. Yeah, I, I had I, about a month ago. I had a pressure cooker accident, and I had both both of my hands were just nasty mm-hmm. second second and third degree burns. You can see the discoloration on this hand, maybe a little bit. I don't know if you can or not, but um, thank God it it, it uh, it's been healing well. Now I know, and we all we all do. We we know several big name white guys in the business, you know, uh, you know, there's of course, Kurt, Kurt Kendall, the Kurt biggest Kendall, of all, you know, Steve Saka, who's bigger in some ways. than <laughs> Kurt um, Glenn case, you know, another big guy. And, yep. and they all have interesting stories about what pulled them into the cigar business. Uh, can you give us a little bit of the story of how you ended up where you're at? Terrence? Sure. So, <laughs> So yeah, I, lo- I love that you know, French uh, variation of my name. Uh, so so Ter- Terrence Riley is about as gringo name as you can get. Uh, yeah, you know, it's very very gringo. But my uh, my father, he's he's actually half uh, half Cuban, half Spanish. Um, and and my, so my my father's father was an Irishman from Chicago, Riley. And uh, <laughs> after World War II, he was in the OSS, which was the precursor to the CIA. And uh, and he he they t- they taught him Spanish and sent him to Cuba and he he worked in Cuba, um, and met my grandmother uh, who was a Casada and uh, the Casada family which uh, you may be familiar with, uh, <laughs> yep. has has uh, you know is it, it were in tobacco since the 1880s, mm. um, and uh, and so that that's part of my family and uh, after you know everyone donated their property very generously to Fidel Castro and and left Cuba, um, <laughs> yeah. My father grew up in Miami, but the the rest of the family they they relocated to Dominican Republic and reestablished the business there. So when I was younger, I spent uh, a summer in the factory, really just to go down to Dominican Republic and 
you know, have a fun time. And I said, what the heck? There's, I have family with a cigar factory. I didn't smoke or anything. I'm, I'll, I'll work in the cigar factory. But like, uh, but like, I think everyone, what I noticed is a couple of things. One is that the amount of work that goes into a cigar is incredible. A cigar doesn't look like the Mona Lisa, but when you see how much effort it goes into making it come out right, I mean, for you to have an optimal experience, there's hundreds of people that had to do their job right. And, and I always use the example of, you know, if that person that puts the band on puts too much glue and it tears the wrapper, you don't say, well, everybody did a great job on this. But uh, the guy that put the band on, he blew it. You say bad cigar. That's what you say. And mm-hmm. so even if something as seems as simple as that, putting that band on uh, is crucial to uh, a, 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 an optimal experience. And mm-hmm. so that was really impressive to me. And then I'd go over to my uncle's house on Sundays and we'd smoke cigars and play cards and have lunch and, you know, have a few adult beverages and, <laughs> it, you know, just the camaraderie of that. And, and really cigars are an amazing thing. And like, if, if, you, if somebody sees you smoking a cigar, they may come up to you and say, Oh, Hey, what's that you're smoking? Oh, you like that here? I got one here. Let me give you, let me give you one. I mean, sure. if you were in a, if you were in a bar and somebody came up and said, are you, you drinking an old fashioned? Hey, I think I know a drink you'll like, and they bought you a drink. You would think they're after something, you know, you'd be like, yeah. what's this guy? <laughs> you know, what's up with this guy? Uh, and, uh, but with cigars, it's just a natural thing that everybody does. And so, uh, and so that's really something that's special about mm. the cigars. And so that got me interested in it. And then I had the opportunity a few years later, they, uh, uh, they needed somebody to, to work in the U S side, uh, doing sales and things like that. And, uh, they gave me an opportunity and I worked there for many years. I was there for almost 10 years before, uh, I came to Aganorsa in 2000, December of 2017. So that's how I ended up in the business. So what, what attracted you to Aganorsa? So it's an interesting story. So when, when I was at, uh, uh, Casada, we had a, one of our, uh, our brokers, uh, you know, sales reps also yeah. represented another company. Uh, he represented many companies. Um, mm-hmm. And he retired, uh, but he he actually had gone to high school with Eduardo Fernandez, our owner, and uh, and then after he was retired for a year or so, uh, Eduardo asked him, "Hey, we need some help in the." He's based out of Virginia, and they needed some help covering the territory, and so he went back to work for Eduardo because he was friends with him, and uh, and had known him for his whole life basically. Right. Um, and, and so when I left Casada. Uh, this gentleman, Bob Morrison, uh, Bob Morris, excuse me, he, he called mm-hmm. me and uh, said, it would, you know, hey, would you consider coming to Agonorsa? And to be honest with you, I took the meeting out of respect for Bob. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'd known him a long time. He's a, he's a really you know, great guy, honorable guy. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll meet with them. And when I met with them, I just saw this like sleeping giant is that they, they're, they're one of the largest growers tobacco in Nicaragua. They sell tobacco to Fuente to, to uh, Jewish State, to J.C. Newman, to all these companies that are some you know, amazing companies. They make cigars for people like Illusion, for mm. uh, Foundation, Nick Melillo, uh, Viaje, HVC, Warped. Um, and, and then the brands that they're, they're proprietary brands just didn't have, I mean, they had good ratings, they had won awards, but they just didn't have the appeal or the notoriety um, that, to me, they seem to have. And so I saw that as an opportunity because I'm, again, I, I, I had the pleasure of working in a factory uh, for almost a year. Uh, you know, I, I would say I have a good background in that, but I am not a blender. I don't tell them, oh, hey, put, you know, put more of this in or, you know, use more <laughs> Chilamate Viso. I don't say that stuff. I mean, I know what the market is looking for and, I, and, my, and my involvement is in that, but I, I'm not blending. 
Um, so I can't help if the blends aren't there. Uh, there's really nothing I can do. I go to the factory a few times a year, um, you know, but that that's not going to change any, anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw this company that had these amazing bl- uh, uh, brands, but just enough people to know about it. And the best cigar you've never heard of is one you don't smoke. And, right. uh, and so I felt I could help with that, bringing uh, attention to the brand. And, and so I, I joined on for that reason. And it's been, re- it's been really since day one, it's been successful. I was very blessed in having uh, great retail uh, partner relationships that I had from Casada. And uh, we've worked on you know, uh, more social media marketing, uh, traditional marketing, uh, working with our retail partners, uh, bringing in good representation to our old territories. And, uh, and really, it's been a home run since day one. Mm. Now, one of the th- interesting things I've, I've heard you say in, in other interviews is that uh, um, you know, one of the first things that, that kind of happened after you got there was the, the company name changed from uh, Casa Fernandez to Aganorsa Leaf because you wanted to, you know, the company wanted to focus on, you know, what's their strength? What do they do? It's the leaf that we produce that makes us us, you know. And but one of the interesting things I heard you say was, if they weren't going to do that, you probably would not have taken the job. Why? Why was that important to you? So a lot sometimes when companies hire somebody. They, they want that person, they want to do everything the same way they were doing it and then have right. things work out differently. It's kind of like uh, Richard Nixon hired Archibald Cox to investigate who broke into Watergate. You know, that wasn't going to work out. That, <laughs> that was, yeah, he, he, he hired somebody to find him. You know, that, that, that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to work out well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I wanted to be sure. It's like, let's not waste anyone's time here. Let's not waste your time and let's not waste my time. If you mm-hmm. want to just keep doing things the way you're doing it and then I'm here, you can save yourself some money and uh, save me some time and energy uh, by not doing that. But they were very, very uh, from day one, they were open. They were they were immediately they, they knew that like, OK, uh, I think part of it, too, was that basically they, they were I mean, the selling tobacco is still the biggest part of the business and they make such great brands for other people. Uh, the, their own proprietary brands hadn't been the focus, really. I think they were happy for a long time just doing these other things. But then they saw that, you know, we're missing an opportunity. We have great cigars and, uh, you know, more people should know about them. And so they, they wanted to change how they were doing things with, in regard to their own product line. And so when they, uh, when they brought me in, uh, they really gave me, for the most part, carte blanche to, to, to make changes. And uh, as I said, for, with Aganorsa, every company tries to define themselves in a, in, a, in a different way. But there's generally three general ways. This is a bit crude, but it's basically one of three things. One, it's cult of personality. You, you think of, uh, for instance, Rocky Patel. You can't separate that brand from Rocky. His, no. per, his personality is charisma. It's named after him. He's such a huge component of what's special about that, that product. Yes. Um, and, then, and then you have a uh, uh, lifestyle base. So you think of Davidoff. Who owns mm-hmm. Davidoff? Who knows? But I'll tell you, I'll, yeah, I'll, I can tell you the average consumer could not tell you who owns Davidoff. But they yeah. immediately think of a luxury lifestyle. They think of uh, high end. They think of the, mm-hmm. the guy in the suit with the watch. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they branded themselves as a lifestyle. Um, and then you have product-based company where there's something special about the product. Uh, La Florida Minicana, Homo Lajero. You immediately think of strong cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a product-based company. So the name Casa Fernandez it just, I mean, there's AJ Fernandez. I mean, Fernandez is like Smith with Latinos. I yeah, mean, there's, yeah, it's yeah. not, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, right. 
and so and so for me it was important to change that name to uh to Aganorso, which which is what uh makes which is really our strength is, is our leaf and uh and in fairness I, I i had originally planned to do that over the course of about a year it was kind of you know a, a transition um but uh d'angelito from illusion and nick malillo from foundation they both pushed pretty hard to say listen you guys should just tear the bandaid off and, and go for it. And, uh, and they were right you know, in that, in that we, we just did the full change and, and, uh, that was a great idea. I think it, I, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think it really helped the brands pop and, uh, and kind of set them apart, you know, and, uh, um, I'm really glad the family gave you that kind of clout to, to make those kind of changes. Change is hard. And, um, you know, I know Aganors is a family-owned business, and you've kind of been brought into that. And um, uh, I know on the the interview you did with Big Smoke, you know Michael Herklotz, you know uh, I think had a great comment about how you were the inside-outside guy, you know that you were you were brought in and and had basically been welcomed as a, a a contributing important family member of this family-owned company, but you had this outside view because. Not because you're from Massachusetts, but <laughs> but because you know you, you you could you could see things that they couldn't because you were you know, from the outside. Um, but what are some were, was there some things maybe you had to overcome to get to that inside guy uh, position that you had with them? That was something that kind of came to my mind when he asked that question. Yeah. So not real, not really. I, I, I think that one, I, I came from a family company background, so I'm, I'm used to dealing with how, you know, it's different than a corporation where it's uh, right. more structured and, 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 and family basic uh, businesses are, are, have a different you know mentality. They have a different organizational structure generally. So I was used to it, to that part of it. And I knew how to kind of handle that. And as I said, they were very open. They were, they knew that like, listen, uh, we've been around a while and we haven't reached with our own brands the success that they uh, we feel that they should have, and we need help with that, and uh, that's why you're here. And so they allowed me to to do what needed to be done. That's awesome, and I, I know from being around the business, well, and it's basically true everywhere. Even you know, with my pastoring background, it's the same thing. That's rare, man, and I, I'm really glad that the the family had the foresight to to bring you in and and listen to you and and let you lead in the way you have. I think you've done great work there. It's, it's been awesome. very re rewarding. Uh, I mean, certainly the, tastes good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's another yeah. shape. <laughs> I, 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 I was blessed in that. I had I had several uh, opportunities in the business, um, and some of the some of the choices would have been more. I think people would have been like, "Oh yeah, of course you'll go to that company." Yeah. Um, but but th this was it was a chance to be quarterback. You know what I mean? And I think in some of the other companies, uh, you know, it would have been more being you know, uh, another, it wouldn't have been quarterback. And, uh, I thought that, you know, this is, you know, in five years, maybe I wouldn't have the drive or the the desire to kind of take on that kind of role because it's, it's a challenge. I mean, when you walk into a company that's well-established and has everything there, uh, it's a little bit easier in that way. You're not, you know, you're not grinding in this, in the way that you do when you have to build something up. Um, uh, sure. but I just saw such opportunity, uh, and, and it really, honestly, it, like in the first year we did what we did in the first year, I thought it would take at least two, three years to do. And, uh, it just, from day one, it was really successful. So I'm very, I, again, I'm very thankful to Fernandez family for letting me, uh, be a part of that. That's awesome. Um, 
now I know that for many people, you know, this last year was really weird. You know, COVID made things a lot more challenging. But uh, some people saw the silver lining in the cloud, like Christian Aroa, that germaphobe who uh, runs CLE. (laughs) You know, uh, and in some ways, it really kind of helped him. I think has COVID positively impact impacted business in any way for you? So uh, first, I always like to qualify this is that I always feel horrible about I mean, I have friends that have uh, restaurants and bars and COVID was terrible for them. I mean, it was just uh, oh, shutting yeah. down. You know, that's not, you know, that's not uh, I think the restaurant business got hit the hardest. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah. so it, it, it was it was uh, horrible to see people that I really uh, care about have have to really struggle through through all that. Um, but for, for our industry, it's been a, I mean, it's been nothing but. Uh, success. I mean, if you take a, I mean, I think, and this is true for all, whether it's Christian or whoever else, I think it's the same for everybody. That mm-hmm. guy that came to, you know, Kurt's bar after work on uh, Friday uh, and uh, had his couple cigars and a drink and went and went home. Well, mm-hmm. na- now, uh, now he's working from home and he can have two or three cigars a day. Yeah. And uh, sit on his back porch or in his garage or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and, and if you think about that, you multiply that over the course of, uh, of the population, not to mention some people, like, well, I can't go to the restaurant. I can't go to the bar. I can't go anywhere. Well, I'll, you know, I have a buddy that likes cigars. Maybe I'll have a cigar with him. So we brought, we yep, brought in. Totally new, yeah. We brought new smokers and, and yeah. the guys that were smoking uh, more, you know, inconsistently are enjoying uh, a cigar with more uh, frequency now. And so I think that that's mm-hmm. been huge. Uh, and it'll be interesting. I mean, I think that's, you know, it's nice to, it, obviously we all want to sell, but the thing is, is if the guy's not smoking, I mean, if he buys a box and he smokes one cigar a week, that box can last him a year. Right. So at some point, it's you know he's going to say, "Wow, I've got uh, four humidors full of cigars. I need to stop <laughs> buying cigars for a little bit here." You know. Uh, and and what you saw was that you know people started moving through their the what they had at home and and bringing mm-hmm. more stuff in and and so I think uh, for the foreseeable future, short of some sort of you know apocalyptic type thing. Um, uh, the business looks good. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, now, because of your family relationships and and um, uh, just your experience with Casada and all that stuff, you built some great relationships in the business along the way. Who who have been some of your mentors in the business, and and what did they teach you to get you where you're at? Well, that's that's a great question. Uh, I, so I I really and I try to learn from everyone. I try. I think everybody has something that that can contribute. I, I always ask questions. Uh, so, I, I mean, whether it's uh, Kurt, uh, Abe, Dave Garofalo, um, uh, I, I could just. I mean, I, I could literally name hundreds of people that I've learned. So other guys in the industry. I mean, I, I look at other successful companies, whether it's whether it's Rocky or whether it's Davidoff or whether it's Fuente or whether it's True Estate. Um, you know, uh, La Florida Minicana. And, mm. uh, and I try to, you know, learn something from, from all of them, um, because they all have something, you know, I think everybody is good at something and has, yep. has, uh, something that you can, you can gain from if you, if you shut your mouth for five minutes and, and listen to what they have to say. Um, and, and that's actually something I, I kind of haven't done it in a little bit, but I used to do it a lot. It was, uh, I, I would, I would sit down with a manufacturer a retailer and say, listen, for whatever success you've had, 
what's the reason for it? Like, what do you attribute it to? And seeing what they have to say. And I, I think the, the key is humility. I mean, I think, mm. um, you know, uh, the guys that think, have all the answers, I'm always very suspicious of that with the, the people that have humility. I think those are the people that you can learn the most for because they've had experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes a real leader to be humble, I think. Um, certainly, certainly the best leaders I know have that quality. Would yeah, you agree? Paul? I would. Absolutely. Is is Kurt humble? He can be. He can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kurt, yeah. Kurt, Kurt is the, I always I would joke with Kurt is that he, it's like he's like the worst salesman of his cigar. So like, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good cigar. I like it. Yeah. I smoke him. Oh, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, no. <laughs> I'm like Kurt. You got you got to you got I mean, you got great cigars. You got to you got to build it up a little bit more, my friend. You know? but he's just he's, he, that's not his thing. You know, he just you know. Obviously, he's very proud of his product, but he just, uh, you know, and so, he, yeah, he's a great example. I mean, again, uh, seven, that, that bar is incredible. I mean, what an experience, right? I mean, you, you go in there and go upstairs, have a drink. I mean, I tell people always if uh, they're up in, in that area and it's a stop in Londonderry and, and have a cigar. I mean, what a great way to introduce somebody to a cigar is to go there. He really has created a, a great atmosphere. You know, I know I know there are bar, cigar bars that are much more high end and much more you know highfalutin and stuff like that but he's he's created this atmosphere where it, it doesn't matter where you're from how much money you make what your job is you can come in there and be comfortable and you know to to your point you know you know i i've seen it one of the things that attracts me to the the cigar business is is just how generous people are with each other and cigars are kind of like the great equalizer you can you know, the, the blue collar worker can sit down with the, the CEO of the company and they're smoking a cigar and that's everyone that gets along. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. Everybody gets along. I've never seen that happen anywhere else. Yep. You wouldn't there's, see there's, no, there's nothing like it. There's, it's really incredible. I mean, uh, I remember, again, I was very blessed with my uncle, um, uh, like, mm -hmm. like he has a card game. He plays with a bunch of guys down there and I would, I'd get to sit down with Benjamin Indez and Daniel Nunez and mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, just le legends of the business, uh, Nestor Placencia and and sit yeah. there and and enjoy you know and really get to you know hang out with them and, and it was like a bunch of regular guys and these are, these guys are just you know incredibly successful and have done amazing things in this business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what are you most proud of so far at uh, Aganorsa that you've you've been a part of? I would say the proudest thing is that when in in it might not even be, it might be a cigar we make for somebody else. It's not even ours, but I, I'll hear a comment and they say, oh, I, I saw the cigar and it, I, they told me it has agonorsa leaf. So I, I wanted to try it. And so I think mm -hmm. that's the the best thing. Uh, you know, we're not saying here at all, you know, we keep, you know, the special tobacco just for us and everybody else gets left over. Like we, we have incredible leaf and we grow it at a, at a high volume. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so um, that signature flavor and aroma we've really tried to promote as being whether you buy our cigar or, or one of the brands we make or, you know, somebody that buys tobacco from us, um, you know, you're getting you're getting this unique uh, flavor and aroma that is nothing. There's nothing else like it. And so when you when you hear somebody say, oh, yeah, I, I you know, uh, I, there's a brand, a small brand we make uh, called um, two, one called Amandola, another one called Black, uh, Black Star Lines. And, uh, you know, they're just kind of getting started off there, you know, and uh, somebody was like, oh, I heard they have Aganorsa. And so I bought them. And so that's the best thing I can I can hear is that, some, you know, somebody's going to try a cigar just because it has our tobacco in it.
Kurtz chimed in on the, the chat here. He says, uh, hey, now. Living the dream, huh, Terrence? Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> this is this is probably the greatest day of our lives. I would say. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blow it out of proportion. Well, I, it would be a greater day for my life if I were in Miami and it's I'm able to sit out on the porch. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does what does Terrence do to relax? What what do you do when you're not doing Agonorsa stuff? So, so there's very little life I have outside. So I, 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 I'm lucky that I have a, a son and, uh, and, uh, and so I, I do a lot of stuff with him, but you know, it's funny. Like I, so, and nobody feels bad about this, but like a lot of the smoking that I do is, is, you know, validation. So a shipment comes in and you're making sure it tastes the same and making sure it burns well, it draws well. And, uh, and you know, that's not coal mining. But that's not the same thing as sitting back and, and relaxing and having a cigar. And so what I try to force myself to do sometimes, uh, I remember, uh, you know, this is probably about a year or two ago, I came yeah. back from a trip and I got home at like, you know, 1030 or something like that, which isn't too late, but everyone was sleeping. So I'm like, you know what, it's a long flight. I'm going to go outside, have a cigar and just uh, in a nice, you know, adult beverage and just relax and, and, mm. uh, and, and smoke a cigar. And I was like, this is true. Terrific. I got to do this more often. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it's just a different experience when you're sitting there and relaxing and having a cigar. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I smoke cigars to relax, you know, uh, when, and, I, and I, there's nothing that is more reinvigorating to be in this industry is when you just sit back and sometimes in the morning I'll have it with my coffee or I'll, you know, you know, at the end of the day, before I go to bed to sit out and read a book and have a cigar. And that's really, I mean, I'll tell you, it beats a therapist. It's a it's lot not, cheaper too. It's a lot cheaper yep. than therapy. That's true. I, it tastes know. a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> this tastes a lot better than my the therapist. therapist. <laughs> <laughs> therapy, therapy's bitter. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, how important is it to be making time for yourself, though? Isn't it? I mean, you you gotta. It's it's you, you know even working in the shop like we do. You know, we're we're constant constantly going. It's nine ten hour days. You know, and you get home and you're you know, ready to collapse, you know, but you, you, you do, you have to make time for yourself to sit down and, and a cigar, a pipe, it, it has become such a big ritual for me to, to get that time to just sit, to relax, to think, to collect, to, to reflect, you know, and how important has that been for you? Yeah. I mean, I th sanity. Yeah. So I, 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 I turn, uh, I turn 40 next month and, uh, I, when I was younger, it was just like, you know, it was, I tried to, gr I would try to grind myself to the, the bone. It was just never nonstop, nonstop. <laughs> and as I've gotten a little older, you realize, listen, if you don't take, you know, number one, as far as we know, this is the only life you got. And so yeah. you, you, you don't want to just wake up one day and be like, whoa, what the heck happened? Uh, you know, I, I, I've never stopped to, to smell the flowers for a second. And so uh, I think it's important on a lot of levels just to be able to sit back occasionally and relax and soak in. Uh, you you know a moment of you know solitude or in, and have a cigar and relax and really appreciate what you got. Mm. Um, speaking of Kurt, do do you have any Kurt stories that you could share with us? Nothing I can share. Nothing I can Nothing share. You right? can share. They're all unshareable <laughs> I, I, stories, I, I, really. I guess I know. I, I guess ten years of Kurt stories that are all I, unshareable. I, I guess I, I guess I got one. I got one. I I do, I do appreciate. Like uh, I think he, again, he, he'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. But I think his first cigar was a Fonseca two two, mm. uh, and uh, that was a cigar that we made 
um, at Casada, and uh, and I think that was one of the first cigars he ever had that or that that he enjoyed really. Again, he'll have to you know uh, go back and uh, fact check the story for me, but uh, but I always you know I remember and yeah I, I met him at Pro Cigar I think in 2009. He came down to the Dominican Republic. And, uh, you know, it's funny, they, they sat me with them because they're like, hey, this guy's from the Northeast. Go talk to him. And, you know, he's, Kurt, he's, a, he's a really nice guy. And he just said, you know, he really, you, you'd think he was like, you know, uh, you, know you wouldn't know he, own, he owns uh, this you know, amazing store and, uh, and, and has what he has. Uh, has, a, you know, some nice cars there. And, and uh, just, you know, a really humble guy. And, and we yeah. kind of hit it off. And, uh, I said, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, 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 as I, you know, as I say, I wanted to, th- like, uh, I always enjoy coming to New England when I was, I'm from there and, uh, um, the retailers up there, you know, I really, uh, have a longstanding history with, and I really appreciate, you know, getting to see them and hang out with them. That's awesome. Hey, I'm nearing the end of my cigar. I don't know about the rest of you, mm-hmm. but this is, this is, this has been awesome. Yes. Um, very Paul, much so. what, what are your what are your final thoughts here on the uh, uh, Agonorsa Rare Leaf Toro? Well, it's been excellent. It's been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very excellent. No, it's, I like the way you think. <laughs> it's uh, it's been a pleasure to smoke this. Okay, and, and still picking up that nice cedar earthy tones, but mm-hmm. it's actually picking up a little bit of dark chocolate now. Dark chocolate. So the second half of the cigar has really been more, less spice, a little bit more of a darker chocolate note that I'm picking up. It's mm. really, really flavorful, intoxicating, smooth. Intoxicating. Yes. yes. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, I've, I sold a number of these today because people knew we were smoking mm-hmm. this on the show tonight. And a lot of our, you know, this this podcast is really kind of aimed around our, you know, customer base and, and, uh, uh, there's a number of people who are watching who you know, brought the cigar home so they could smoke it and, and watch the show. And one, one gentleman who smoked it while he was here said, you know, he, he loved the cigar when it started, but it got better and better mm-hmm. and better yes. as he smoked it. And yeah. I'm feeling the same thing. Um, yep. the, the richness of the cigar has increased just, you know, really not, not in a, in a, overt way but in a very subtle way the cigar has changed and gotten richer and deep the flavors have gotten deeper have you experienced that too yep and definitely the cedar is definitely picked up and it's like a sweet spicy cedar Mm. you know as paul was saying earlier um it's uh i've been pleasantly surprised with it Mm. Uh, pleasantly surprised you're surprised it's agonorsa well i'm saying that (laughs) what's going on here The drink really. Uh, Explain yourself, Dave. <laughs> the dwink. The dwink. The drink really uh, threw my mind for a loop with it because I smoked one before the show and um, it tasted uh, different, drastically different with the with the pairing because uh, the spice kind of like went down and the cedar came forward and I was just kind of like it's like almost smoking a different cigar, you know. Um, but both times it's like it it always developed really well as as you're smoking it mm. and very subtly yeah now last question here we we like to do something on the show called pastor padrone's cigar confessions and in that segment what we normally do is uh, i share some kind of 
uh, either grievance that I have or something I have to confess where, where I wish cigar smokers did this or stop that so that they could enjoy their cigar experience more. And you've been around the business for years. You've been around shops. You've been all over the country. What is, what is one of your cigar pet peeves? Or if you want to be more positive, what's one of the things that you would like to see uh, cigar smokers do or stop doing so that they would increase the enjoyment of their cigar experience? So I'll give you, I'll, I'll go negative and positive. So we'll be okay. neutral. Uh, so on the negative, <laughs> is, uh, I, I hate, I hate when uh, you, you, they have the nice cigar there and they're smoking it and they just bang the cigar on the ashtray to tap the ash. And you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, please don't do that. You know, just roll it. Roll the ash. Um, you know, because, again, it's a, it's a way to break the cigar. And then it's like, oh, it wasn't enjoyable. And the other thing I'd like people to do more, you know, and I always preface what I'm about to say with a story that uh, Michael Herklotz uh, told me many years ago. He used to have a customer when he was uh, Michael Herklotz, who uh, Nat Sherman fame and now Ferry Otego. Right. Um, he... Uh, he was the, the uh, manager of the Davidoff Madison Avenue. And there was a customer that would come in and he would buy a, like a Davidoff series R and he would eat it. He would, he would eat the cigar. Eat, eat it. it. Yeah. So the, the moral, the moral of the story is, is that once you buy the cigar, you get to do whatever you want with it. Yeah. But that said, uh, I, I think that retrohaling is really important. So you, you don't have to retrohale. But if you really want to taste the cigar the way the manufacturer, because all the, the manufacturers, they all, they all retrohale. So if you really want the experience that the, the factory intended, um, I feel retrohaling is, a, is an important thing if you, if you really want that full experience. But that said, you know, some guys like to eat cigars, apparently. Um, so <laughs> hey, no, so, you, so get to, you get to do whatever you want. But I, I think retrohaling is important. Yeah, that's I so totally true. agree. My my son who just turned 21, we've been smoking cigars together and you know, one of the first things he did was like whack the cigar on the ashtray. I'm like, "No, <laughs> don't do that." And then I'm trying to teach him to retrohale and it's just like it's comic. It's just it's just <laughs> when awesome. people have never done it before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny. It's funny to watch. All right. Well, Terrence, thank you so much for being with us tonight. This is a fantastic cigar. We're glad that we're uh, one of these retailers that's able to carry it. Thank you for making sure we had them for the show. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had to call in some favors. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. Well, everybody, we're going to take a break here and uh, say goodbye to Terrence, and we'll be back in a few minutes, so hang in there. All right, guys, we are back, and for our pipe tobacco tonight, we are continuing our discussion of rare leaf tobaccos by looking at Cornell and Deal's The Beast, and we are looking at Pins from 2016, which was the first year this is released, and that is in my uh, currently nicotine-stained fingers right here. <laughs> and Paul is holding a new tin from the 2021 uh, release Fresh of Beast. The Beast. And so we're going to open these up right now. And mm. Paul and I have fresh tins. Again, mine's from 2016. April 10th, right? April 11th of 2016. So this is exactly five years old. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Oh. Well, I can tell you, I don't think the, the uh, 
tin note on this is much different yeah. than the um here smell that tell me tell me if you smell any difference i don't really smell any kind of difference from the tins do you that that has a little bit more uh flavor on the nose just a little bit flavor on just the a little nose. bit yes yeah. No more news flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would agree with that. This is the old stuff. Smell it. The aroma is uh, a little deep, a little richer. Yep. Definitely. Richer okay. with the old. All right. So we're going to load up our pipes now. Usually we do this as the show starts, but we wanted to open up these two fresh tins and go with that. So we're loading up the pipes here. And I'll be smoking the old stuff in my 7LE320 Punto Oro. Right. There we go. There's that pipe loaded up. And... Well, you're almost done with yours there. Put the new stuff in the new pipe. Nice snorting um, TAA release. The TAA Nording nose warmer has a nice, really kind of intricate silver band on it, which is really nice. Beautiful, beautiful pipe. All right. So, all right. Both pipes are loaded now. Mm. Yummy and dummy. There's that. Okay, so this is the new stuff. When you're done with that, hand it to me and I'll hand it over to Dave. All right, so I'm going to light up the new stuff first. Here's the old stuff, Dave. <coughs> I am smoking the new stuff. Out of my Nording Unfinished and the old stuff will be out of my finished Nording. <clears throat> All right, there we go. Now I've smoked my way through a tin of this year's the beast already. I'm on my second, and um, I love this tobacco. And uh, um, but uh, we're going to be smoking the aged five-year aged beast and the brand new beast side by side, and we're going to be looking at how aging impacts Perique heavy blends, and uh, from the tin. Uh, it says, legend has it that Alistair Crowley, the famed adept of the Order of the Golden Dawn and founder of the Ordo Templi Orentis, is purported to have made a habit of smoking rum-soaked perique as a meditative aid. To date, many a dabbler has pursued his own manifestation of this concoction out of sheer curiosity. We have too. And so, in the spirit of the nefarious occultist himself, we sought to tame the beast with our own rendering of the recipe. 
soaked in seven days in spiced rum, so that we might share our vision of it with the most inquisitive and brave pipe smokers. Uh, the Beast is manufactured by Cornell and Deal. It is uh, officially, I guess, a burly blend. Um, that's what Perique is uh, at its start. And the components are Black Cavendish, Kentucky, Perique, and Virginia. And like it said on the uh, tin, um, it's aged with uh, spiced rum. It's a, um, I'm going to call it a ribbon cut. You know, uh, mm, uh, I call it cube. Looks uh, cube. Tobacco. And um, it is some really good stuff. Now, Paul, this is Paul's first experience yeah. with uh, this tobacco. What what are your initial thoughts here, Paul? Wow. It's uh, a lot of, like, deep, charred, uh, I want to <laughs> almost say it's like a deep, charred meat, mm. uh, a lot of wood, a uh, little bit of sweetness, smoky. Mm -hmm. um, so, say, smoky wood. Little bit of a uh, little bit of sweetness, uh, almost like a uh, God. It's it's uh, I want to I don't want to quite say it, it is like the uh, the black Irish X in the sense of a, mm -hmm. of a smoked meat, but it's on that idea. It, it it's, okay. it's heading in that that direction. So some uh, smoked meat, sm just a tad bit of smoked meat, but it's a, a lot of a uh, little bit of earthy and leather notes too. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a lot going on here. Dave, uh, the new stuff. What mm. what do you taste there? Do you taste anything, Dave? A little. I get a, I get a little, <laughs> a little caramel toffee with some earth, and uh, yeah, with some earth. Now you smoked mm. this before, right? Mm -hmm. You smoked this several times. Yep. And the pairing is just. No, I haven't had anything with the. Uh... The pairing is making it stupid sweet. Hmm. I don't know which one I like better. Mm. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I would absolutely the, say it is pulling out a lot more sweetness. Yep. The old is definitely twice as sweet right. as the as the uh, newer. All right, mm. I haven't I haven't done the old one mm. yet. I mean the uh, yeah I haven't done the old one yet. So give me a second. Oh wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got deeper flavors to it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that yeah. that charry note that you mm -hmm. were kind of picking up in the new one is is yep. much more prevalent here. Um, <clears throat> the perique is a little bit more smoldery, if I could use that expression. Oh yeah, the sweetness is without mm -hmm. a doubt very prominent. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a black cherry kind of sweetness mm. yeah would you yes, say yes yes mm -hmm. now the origins of perique reach back to the 18th century mm. um french settlers um uh were looked at uh, um the chickasaw and choctaw uh indians uh who lived in louisiana uh pressing tobacco in hollowed out logs and they would drop rocks heavy rocks on top of the logs um and that pressure caused the tobacco to release its Presser. natural pressure uh, that caused the uh, tobacco to release its natural juices and the tobacco soaked in those juices and fermented there and 
early in the 19th century, a farmer named Pierre Chenet, uh, some sources uh, actually, you know, gave him a different name, Chemon. 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 Chemon or Chenet. We're not really sure, but uh, this uh, French farmer became the first to grow that type of tobacco in a commercial kind of sense. And as he studied the process and refined the methods to, to make it, it became a popular uh, type of tobacco becoming widely known as Perique, which was his nickname. It was Perique, Perique tobacco. Perique Pierre. Pierre Perique. Pierre Perique. And uh, it, it, the name sticks to this day. We are still smoke, smoking this alongside the Whistle Pig 10-year rye, oh, yes. which we had with the cigars. And um, so my first oh. question here for us is you know what are the similarities and differences between the 2016 and the 2021 uh, versions of this blend? So the the 2016, without a doubt, is a lot more sweetness prominently for me. Um, not uh, you mentioned you were getting a little bit more of that char note mm-hmm. in the in the 2016. I'm getting a, more of that in the in the newer blend, the 2020 mm. 21. Um, but the sweetness of the of, in the 2016 is just the one note that I'm picking up the most. Mm. So I think the the aging has helped to maybe bring out a little bit maybe those Virginia notes in the Cavendish. Mm-hmm. Um, the Perique in, in this in the old one is maybe not as it's a little bit more subtle. It's a little it's more uh, it's playing a little bit more of a background uh, supporting role. Mm-hmm. This one uh, in the in the in the 2000 2021. Uh, it's it's more prominent note. So the uh, the spices there, the mm-hmm. that charred, the the earthy leather notes, and I'm picking up a heck of a lot more sweetness in the the older one. Mm. I love the retro hail on this. Mm. It is, is, it's but there's a there's a fair amount Smooth. of spice to it. Yes. And which one? And the new one. Yep. Getting too much of a spice in the old. Yeah, so I'm definitely getting more spice than the new. Mm-hmm. That I yeah. am. Yep, I would agree with that. Yep. So the spice in the retro hail kind of has has subdued itself yep. over the five years. Yep. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing, no, or that's, is it that's a different a, that, thing? That's it's a good. A, that's a good thing. It's, I mean, a, it's, it's definitely a different thing. Mm. So what is it? Is it a good thing or a different thing? No, I think it's a good thing. Why is it a good thing? I mean, I it's just I think it's it's a it's just it's nothing's wrong with the old one. It's just there's a lot going on with the old one in terms of all the different flavors you're getting. The new one is that is that fruit and then a nice subtle spice on the retro hill. Mm-hmm. So it's a, to me, it's a little bit more of a relaxing type of tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, this the the newer one is a little bit more upfront with all the flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little I, maybe a little bit more aggressive, if you will. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Retro hill is definitely alive in the new one. Yeah. Yeah, the retro hail is yeah. definitely much tamer, yeah. much smoother, much more nuanced. You know, because it's not like there's no spice at all, but it's just very, very subdued. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, as, like, it's like a smoky. The, uh, it's like a smoky spice. The old one mm. tastes tastes like I'm just smoking a like a Cavendish heavy. The, the old one. The new one. 
the new one. I mean, the old one. The, the old, old one, one, yes. Yeah, yeah right. the old be, one. Be clear. Yeah, the old yeah, clear. The the old 2016 beast. is definitely more Virginia Cavendish front. <laughs> the, old, the, the older beast has uh, grown kinder with age. <laughs> so age tames the beast. It tames the beast, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, what's, uh, what's going on at Twins right now, Paul? Well... <clears throat> We are continuing on with the Rocky Patel event uh, mm-hmm. that's going on for the next two months. And uh, so for anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast, uh, if you come in and buy a box of Rocky Patel, you will get a five-pack of cigars, your choice of a ashtray or lighter, mm-hmm. and you also will have a ticket that will go towards the grand uh, prize of mm-hmm. a weekend down in Naples, Florida, which it seems like everyone is heading to lately. Terrence. Terrence, <laughs> Florida in general. But in any event, you'll have a weekend down in Naples, Florida, mm-hmm. later this year, I'm assuming. We haven't we haven't actually pinpointed a date yet. Uh, but it will be with Rocky Patel, and you'll be able to enjoy cigars, drinks, dinner. Golf will be optional, but I'm sure there's a lot of golfers out there. And uh, you'll spend that also at his... World famous Burn Lounge Burn. slash nightclub in Naples. So for every box you get a, a, a you get the five pack. For uh, two boxes you get mm-hmm. fi- two five packs, uh, ashtray lighter mm-hmm. and lighter. Yep. Um, and five entries, and then three boxes you get uh, ten cigars. You get ashtray lighter and your choice of a party pack or a humidor. And you get 10 entries for that wonderful weekend with Rocky. And that, what a party pack that, that is, too. That party pack is is like a picnic it basket. Is, it is a picnic basket. It, it picnic has basket. a place for your favorite bottle of spirits. Uh, it has uh, cedar um, cedar places for, you know, a number of cigars, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it also has... A, a place for your cutter and lighter, and I believe it comes with each of those too. It does. It is a very, very nice setup, and it comes with two rocks glasses. Yes, yes. So you are all set up for a very good time. We all. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all I was going to say. So we also have for the month of April uh, a 724-1874 special. Mm-hmm. So for every box of 1874, 724-1874 that you buy. You will get a five pack of containing the new sizes of the 724. Mm. Uh, you will get a double Corona Hustler, mm-hmm. a Factory 57 Churchill, and Torpedo. You'll also get which just was which was just released a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. the Hustler Torpedo and the uh, WK Dog Walker, mm. and that's about we just did the calculations fifty five dollars. Yeah. You're getting basically fifty-five dollars worth of cigars for one box of eighteen seventy-four. That's what an a awesome deal! Pack. What a fantastic deal! It's an awesome pack of cigars. Yeah, so you got a, another couple of months. What uh, was Kurt thinking? <laughs> was he thinking? I don't know. Was he thinking? I don't know. I don't know. He just really wanted to introduce the new sizes to the uh, customers out there. Stroking and, his beard. Yes. Yes. He's always thinking. <laughs> Um, so that, that goes on till the end of April. That's not going to help you, Dave. You guys got to try this. Really? That's, that's, that's not going to help you discern the differences. You're get, you getting caramel toffee? So it's, it's just, um, there's no such thing better. as caramel toffee. It's even better. <laughs> try it. 
And uh, the other thing we have going on currently, which will be is really limited based on what we have for the uh, the packs, is the Tatawehe, uh box sale mm-hmm. uh, special, which means that every Tatawahe. box Tatawahe. So for every Tatawahe. every box of Tatawehe that you Tatawahe. Tatawahe, for every box of Tatawehe, Tatawahe. that you that you, <laughs> that you buy, you will get you'll have the ability to buy for thirty-five dollars <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a pack of five rare. rare limited Tatawehe cigars mm-hmm. containing three Cohetas mm-hmm. and two Tatawehe limited. So and both of those cigars are tremendous. They are tremendous. And uh, they are limited one-time release cigars, mm-hmm. and um, you can get yours by purchasing any box of Tatawahe. Yes. And uh, we're excited about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Now that I've had a little bit more time to, to smoke the pipe here, the pipe 2016 Beast is much more woody. It's It's got much deeper... You know? It's got much much deeper kind of um uh flavor to it the freak you know where where in the newer one i think you get that kind of fig figgy dried fruit stone fruit raisiny kind of quality um it's much it's much more subdued and much deeper in the uh, uh deeper 2016 edition the, the, of the beast the spice on the retro hill of the new one is a lot deeper mm-hmm Yes, that is very, very rich spice on the on the, yeah. on the 2021, and I believe the the, the, the flavors are deeper in the and tw- mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. I get the deeper flavors in the 2016, mm-hmm. but much more in the retro in the yeah. 2021. I agree. That's that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Just, we we can't get lost in the shuffle here. Oh, this is this you know, smoking both Dave's smoking both pipes at the same time. This is this is a a, a first time experience here on but the room, not just blowing smoke. The room note on the 2016 mm-hmm. is a lot more of a of a sweet floral mm. fruity aroma I'm getting. Yeah, so you get more of the room note of the Virginia. Correct. Yep. In the um, mm, 2016. In the 2016. In the 2016, you get more. Yes. I thought you were saying in the old. No, no. In the in the in the 2016, I'm getting that 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 fruity uh, room note. Mm. Okay. So what what's the room note of the uh, the old? One? It's a little bit more smoky. Smo- okay, more, more smoky. charred, smoky. Charred and smoky. Yep, that's that's yep. what I'm getting in the yep. old one too. Dave, you're looking at me like you. See, I I, you're practically useless now. You're putting <laughs> same. <laughs> In the end of your mouth at the same time. You can't tell the taste difference when you're doing them both at the same time. <laughs> it ta- No, it tastes better. It tastes better Be- together? Both of them alone, it tastes even better if you do both at the same time. I'm telling you, do it. Oh. Do it. Okay. Do it. Just That's, do it. This seems, this is, just it's an experiment. As you would say, Dave, it seems weird. <laughs> it does seem weird, but your taste buds will thank me. We'll, we'll humor you. Thank you. Humor mm-hmm. me. All right. The same time? Yes. Oh. Or just it's just it's just I can't it seems I, obnoxious, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I, I I don't And then retro I Oh uh, I can only do one at a time. Oh. 
I, I, I have no words for, for what I just did. I don't. No, no words at all, which is basically what Dave has been, you know, doing here. No words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, this is much more earthy. The old one is much earthier. Yes. Yep. Much earthier than the, than the newer one. However you slice it, it is a really flavorful <sighs> tobacco really really good. yeah this both is... both are very flavorful that's for yep. sure yep um is there a preference that you find you have i like old versus new i like the old one better you like the old one better I do. what why do you like the old one because better? i'm getting a lot more of that fruity tones mm. fruity fruit notes with it that's pretty sweet yep yep yeah it is now you said the old one was more earthy no, 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 the 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 old one is yeah earthy fruit notes is what I'm getting earthy out of the fruit one. notes. What I'm getting from out of the, the old, old one. one, yes, with a nice subtle light spice on the mm-hmm. retro hill. The new one is a little more smoky, charred, uh, a little bit more aggressive on the on the retro hill with the spice. Um, still very very flavorful, mm-hmm. but I think the aging has absolutely toned down a lot of that smoky, uh, charred flavors, and I'm getting more earthy wood. Uh, fruit notes from the old one. Mm. I think the new. I think the the. I actually think that twenty twenty one is sweeter. Really? What? Oh, I'm getting. The, I'm getting more I, sweetness I, I, up from the old one. You you're you're not allowed to you're not allowed to talk. You have you have both <laughs> both things going in your mouth in your ears. I can totally tell the difference. I can tell the difference too. No, you can't. Obviously. You messed up your pipes or something. Nope. The old one is definitely predominantly exponentially sweeter. Yes, it is. I agree. Ah, you were overruled. Two to one. Oh, yeah. No. No, is no it, okay, now here's a question for you, though. Is the pipes that you're smoking, is that helping to bring out some of those notes that we're not getting? That may very well be the case. You know, these are two similar and that's why i chose them they're they're similar bowls but they're not the same the geometry is not entirely the same um the lengths are different too slightly although not one's a not, nose warmer not, one's uh what's the other they're one both, they're both uh, uh uh it's a 327 ellie okay but this is considered to be more of a nose warmer yeah because it's you know it's four and a half inches yeah yeah as opposed to this which is you know, just a hair, just a hair bigger. You're very mm. proud of that one, too. Mm. Mm, very proud. <laughs> it looks damn good, I'll tell mm. you. That's mm. a beautiful pipe. Mm. Mm. And you said that mm. it was, it were, you were, you weren't sure if you, if you liked it or hated mm. it when you bought it, or you, when you were thinking of buying it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, I said, it's, it's kind of like David Hasselhoff. At first you're repulsed, and then you're strangely <laughs> drawn in. It's, you know. Don't just, hassle the Hoff. Don't hassle <laughs> the Hoff, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Now you you said you had a um, mm-hmm. uh, blowing smoke section for us. Is Paul just blowing smoke? I do. So am I blowing smoke? Okay. Spring, which we supposedly are in after this little nor'easter that we had, <laughs> which was a surprise to us. I didn't think the snow was going to come out this far, but guess what? <laughs> Mother Nature had other plans, and Dave yeah. was very happy that Mother yes. Nature shedded some snow. Mm-hmm. On his little world. Got to test my new tires, and I'm very satisfied. But spring <clears throat> is the shortest season of the year. Am in I New, blowing smoke? In New England, it is. <laughs> spring is more of a concept here in New England. It is. 
not really a season. <laughs> well, we've actually, up until today, we've actually been having a spring, mm. starting with the warm weather we had in, in March. Mm -hmm. And then last week was a beautiful week, you know, climaxing up until Saturday when we were almost in summer weather. Yeah. It was high 70s yep. to even closer to 80, depending upon where you were. And then we got our the rug pulled out from under us today. But any event, spring, gentlemen. Is the shortest season of the year. Really? Am I no, am I blowing oh. smoke? Uh you're blowing smoke. Yeah. You're blowing smoke. Okay. You you both say I'm blowing yeah, smoke. I, I say you're, you're blowing smoke. smoke. Believe it or not, for all you New Englanders, winter is the shortest season. Really? Of the year. Really? Yes. How how much shorter is it? It's all because of February. So if you do mm. the if you do if you take in all this scientific data and and analysis and and things that <laughs> I read from the University of Southern Maine, <laughs> it is sh and they know winter. Winter is sh is the shortest by approximately one day. <laughs> <laughs> by approximately one day, <laughs> except during leap year. Our Canadian brother of the leaf, uh, Rod, says spring lasts two days here in Canada. <laughs> One day in May and one in June. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's all winter. <laughs> yeah, uh, how how short is summer up there, Rod? That's what I really want to know. Mm. Basically, what I read was that it, it's it's eighty eight point nine days of winter and eighty nine point eight days of spring, mm. <laughs> and then summer is the is the longest. Summer is the longest by, 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 like a couple of day, by a couple of days. By a couple of days. Yes, yes. Mm. But you would never know that looking out the window today. I I have <laughs> I have some blowing smoke questions. You do. I do. Mm. All right. Uh, here here's the first one here. Mm -hmm. uh, am I just blowing smoke? Perique is not a type of tobacco plant. Uh, that is absolutely true. I mean, absolutely you, false. You, 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 you That's are. false. That's fake news. <laughs> fake news. You're blowing smoke. Mm -hmm. you know, Freak is not a type of tobacco plant. Blowing smoke or not? Oh, wait. You, you no, blow, no, wait. No, wait. You're blowing it's smoke. It's not a type of tobacco plant. You're blowing smoke. Is. You're blowing smoke. I'm blowing smoke. And Dave thinks I'm not just blowing smoke. No. It's not a type of tobacco plant. You're blowing smoke. I'm blowing smoke. I am. I'm blowing smoke. Uh, Perique is not a type of tobacco plant. Yes. You said it's burly. Yeah. It starts out as burly. It starts out as burly. It is a process that's done to tobacco. So kind of like Cavendish, kind of like Latakia. Those are not types of tobacco. They are uh, descriptions of tobacco that have undergone specific aging processes. Kind of like Maduro. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, here's uh, another question here. Am I uh, blowing smoke or not just blowing smoke? Manufacturers like to make their own perique. Um, that is, um, it doesn't matter if they do because it's not perique. <laughs> no, they can process it. So I would say you're not just blowing smoke. I'd say you're blowing really smoke. Dave, you're use your words, smoke. please, and don't mumble them. <laughs> Manufacturers like to make their own perique. 
I would say I would. I guess 50, I would. Fifty-fifty, Dave. Fifty-fifty. I, I guess you would have to say that that is 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 true that you are not just blowing smoke, but it's still not Parikh. Technically, I don't understand what is the, what that means. All right. Well, let's answer the question. Think of it in the cigar world. Manufacturers like to make their own Maduro wrapper. No, I know. Okay, so it's just still, it's still take not. Take that and run with it. Okay. Uh, I I am just blowing smoke. You are. I am. Uh, Parik is made in one place. Well, well in Louisiana. Uh, one. Yeah, it's true. I know. I know. It's it's made in a two or three block square radius. That's really. The only place you can get it is there's actually two places where you can get it down down in Louisiana, but that's that's where Parik comes from. That's great. In Acadia, Louisiana. Uh, All right. Um, here's another question. Am I blowing smoke or not? Perique is made in bourbon barrels. Nope. I would say you're blowing smoke. I'm blowing smoke. I'm blowing smoke. It's not. It's not. No, it is not. Made in bourbon barrels. Barrels. Bourbon barrels. What barrels are they made in then? Oak. I am not just blowing smoke. Parique is made in bourbon barrels, which also happen to be made of oak. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So we're one for two, Dave. Okay. Uh, Here's another uh, Parique question here. Um, 10 tons of pressure is applied to the leaves in those oak bourbon barrels in order to make Parique. You're not just blowing smoke. You are not just blowing smoke. I am just blowing smoke. Oh, with, what is it, like 20? It's 25 to 30 yeah, tons. I knew it was pressure. higher. I should have. 25 to 30 tons, tons. of pressure. Wow. Now, here's, here's the last question. The right. process to make Creek, where it's being pressed in those oak bourbon barrels, okay, under 25 to 30 pounds of pressure, that, that process uh, takes three months. That is, you know, you are not. I would say that you're not blowing smoke. Yeah. yeah. I'm just blowing smoke. Oh, oh, God damn it. It takes nine months. Nine months. And every three months... Those barrels are taken out from under the pressure, and all the leaves are taken out and rotated and put back into the barrels for nine months. A total of nine months. So that that rotation process happens twice, but it takes nine months to make one batch of Perique. So no wonder the manufacturers don't want to make their own Perique. Yeah. <laughs> it's just takes- like. That's gone off a long time, but that's why it's so rare. I yeah, mean, that's, yeah. and so if something, if something goes wrong during that process, mm-hmm. you can mess up an entire year's worth of pipe tobacco um, business if, if that Perique is not made correctly or it doesn't taste right when it's, when it's done. Yep. Um, and there has been, uh, for the last couple of years, uh, kind of a Perique shortage. And um, so... When Cornell and Deal came out with making the beast, I was really 
surprised because to make a blend with 51% Perique, which is usually something that is used as a kind of a condiment in tobacco making uh, blends, it's it's kind of like the pepper of pipe tobacco. You sprinkle a little bit in, and that's you get what you get. But to make it with to to create a, a batch, it even you know it's it was only. Um, uh, 2,500 tins this time around. The first time they did it, it was 777 tins. And now they made how many? 2,500. 2,500. You know. Okay. Um, but that's that's a lot of Perique. That's a lot of Perique to use. When you think of it, though, there's a lot of blends that we have enjoyed on the show that mm-hmm. contain Perique. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite blends have Perique. Well, I'm a, I'm a Virginia Perique fan that's that's my thing a lot of a lot of cigar smokers who also smoke pipes um tend to tend to like english blends a lot they like the latakia they like that smokiness that Mm -hmm. the strength of that tobacco and the strength of the flavor of that tobacco um really turns on cigar smokers uh, a lot for me i i smoked latakia for you know the first few years when i was smoking uh pipes and I think I kind of burned myself out on it. So I, I can still enjoy it, but it's, you know, my go-to tends to be more Virginia Perique kind of blends or Burleys or Navy Flakes, stuff like that. Mm. Like that Windjammer we did last oh, week. Yeah, 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 my yeah, goodness, yeah. that stuff is good. Holla! Mm. Maybe this is a good time to talk about the, uh, and maybe we haven't talked about it yet, is the, uh, the different components now that the people can come in and blend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We now have a blending component bar at uh, both Twins locations. And we have 10 different uh, kinds of tobacco that are straight. There's no flavors added to them. Uh, Bright and Red Virginias, Burley, uh, Cigar Leaf, Chopped Cigar Leaf, Mm -hmm. uh, Latakia, Perique, um, Cavendish, uh, Izmir Turkish, uh, I know there's some that I'm forgetting in there probably, but there's 10 different components and you can come down and, you know, one of the great things about pipe smoking is if you're smoking a blend and say, you know, this, if it, uh, there was just a little bit more Latakia in here, I'd like a little bit more. If this was just smoothed out a little bit with a little bit more Cavendish, mm-hmm. I'd really like this one. Well, now you can do that. You can come down, get those components, add them to blends, or you can even create some of your own. Mm-hmm. And um, that's some that's some good stuff. We're really happy for that. And we also got some more uh, ropes in yeah, today. Yeah, she did. Yes, I know. Sean was very unhappy, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, he won't be when he sees the register start. Ringing, I'll tell you that. So you know, we've done uh, the black Irish X on the show. We've yeah. done uh, brown Irish X. We've done the brown bogie, and now we have um, the. Uh, whiskey twist and rum twist yes. as well. And the Brown Irish X is finally back, back in, in stock back after in. a long oh, absence. Yes. And I am very, very happy for that. I know people are going to buy that mm-hmm. totally up. I, it's it's just going to move. Mm-hmm. It's just going to move like nobody's business. Um, you ready for a would you rather question? Sure. Okay. Would you rather... Have an evening of candid conversation. Antique shopping with Kirk Kendall. Or a day of ice fishing with Steve Saka. Oh, God. Candid conversation and antique shopping with Kurt. 
Yeah. But yes, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Why? Well, well, that was very quick. I, I that well, was very quick. Uh, first of all, I, <laughs> I almost thought two, you were going to say fishing with the mad fisherman. No, and I was no, like, oh, no, 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 no. Two, two reasons. First of all, I don't like winter, so ice, <laughs> ice fishing is out. And no, no offense to Steve. I'm sure if he likes to ice fish, mm-hmm. it would be fun to do. But I think knowing Kurt and his antiquing mm-hmm. and his knowledge of antiquing uh and he when you get when you get him talking he just just it's just all this information just flows right out of him mm. i think that would be an, an absolutely fantastic day to to do that with mm. him and uh learn a lot about what he sees in antiques and what he likes to collect and uh the the, the conversations that would flow out of that would be priceless mm. dave yeah i agree with paul I would totally go with uh, Kurt for antiquing. Oh. Well, I am not a big fisherman. Not at all. Nope. Sounds like you don't like fishing. Racist. No. <laughs> well, that's funny, Dave, because you love winter. I thought for sure that at least it would have, the idea of maybe ice fishing might have. Uh, it, maybe it's not fishing sitting, as much. Sitting on an ice pond in digging a hole just doesn't sound like a good idea in the first place so even no. if it, even if it contained no. whistle pig no 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 <laughs> no it's it's very hard for me to to choose to be honest really yeah i know how steve likes to ice fish you know okay. and it's you know you you set up a tent or something around you you get some a little bit of fire going you get some get some some good stuff to drink and and the uh, uh, his cigars are fantastic and mm. and um, you know having a, a nice candid conversation with Steve um, now I know how that would go I, I'd, I'd be going um, Steve Steve you know but I'd probably learn a lot you know but uh, you know that to have a conversation with Kurt and uh, you know I, I am really into historical things and I like you know I've, I've I haven't gone antique shopping in a long time but uh, I could I could get into that. I don't know how many signs I could look at though before I I went nuts. So it's it's very hard for me to pick. It's very hard. Um, but I would have more of a conversation I think with with Kurt. And uh, couldn't you see Kurt on American Pickers? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. He could have his own show. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, maybe they have. I don't know if they've ever contacted him to see about coming in to see what he's got for antiques and collectibles mm. that would be a great show mm. <laughs> rod says conversation with steve <laughs> <laughs> once yeah. added uh, i see you've met steve <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i've i've gotten to know steve over the years he, I, he's a really good guy and very knowledgeable guy mm-hmm. and i i think i could have a good conversation but it would it would be very it would be it would be much more technical i think with steve than with kurt kurt would be much more down to earth and mm-hmm. you know um it's just it's just hard for me to think hard for me to think um so what's our final verdict here on the beast 2016 versus 2021 and how do you think both went with the whistle pig? Well, they both went fantastic with the whistle pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, tooting my own horn, I think it was a great pairing. Uh, the 2006, uh, two, sorry, the 2020-21, definitely a lot more smoky, charred, 
uh, earthy leather notes. Uh, you know, some of the f uh, fruit notes was coming out, but the 2016, with without a doubt, that uh, the fruit, woody, earthy notes was prominent, without a doubt. Less spice, nice subtle spice on the retrohale, uh, virtually no uh, chard. You mean the 2021? 2016. Oh, uh, yeah. 20, yeah. So 20, you started with the 2020. 2021 is when I started with. Mm -hmm. And then the 2016 mm -hmm. was more fruit, wood, uh, earthy notes, uh, just... Yeah, much more earthy. I, I like the 2016 better. 2016 really better? Yes, I did. Dave, yep. what about you? I concur with Paul. I like the, the 2016. It's a lot more uh, fruity and, and like lively, more mature, uh, more developed and refined. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> You're on a roll. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, new, the new beast is... Um, is is great by itself. Like mm. I, I still, you know, honestly, it's really hard to choose between them because they both offer something I think that is different enough. Where I'd like to, you know, smoke one one day and smoke one the other, because I wouldn't really. I don't <laughs> think I can really actually put one ahead of it. Actually, now that I think about it, you don't. You don't think putting both in your mouth at the same time? I think that's <laughs> even better. I, I smoke both at the same time. Put them in the both in the same bowl mm. and. Oh, yeah. Go to town. Yeah, you can definitely tell the Virginias have matured in the, in the 2016 blend. And have richened in their flavors and everything. Yes. Freak uh, tends to calm down as it's <laughs> aged. That's okay, Dave. And, uh, uh, but both are very, very good. And, you know, the, the, the plus here is if you have some beast now you can jar it and save it and in a few years you can get something that's you know th that is more akin to what we're smoking here for the 2016 so uh, i think it ages very well it changes in a way that really kind of deepens the flavor lessens the spice and so you experience the perique um in a very different way when it's aged but um you, you don't have that that real peppery retrohale uh, that you do in the current beast. I like both very much. Yeah, I'm still too. very happy with the new. Yep. I'm uh, frankly probably not going to squirrel Ooh. my beast <laughs> away in some dark corner. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, Cornell and Deal, I know, is planning on doing it again next year. So, and I'm very happy for that. Um, and uh, that there is what we have for our show today let me uh give you a little hint of uh what is coming up next week on the show here um let me get to my notes here um we're going to be looking at historically inspired cigars and tobacco we're taking a little bit of a different uh tack on things we're going to be uh, and these cigars <clears throat> were, uh, ins their names were inspired, inspired, yeah. that whistle pigs really taken over. Uh, they're inspired by historical places and people. And we're going to be smoking the uh, Bella Artes Maduro Toro from uh, A.J. Fernandez. And uh, we're going to be smoking Captain Earl's Honor Blend which are two very good, very different uh, experiences. It's going to be a good, good show next week, I think. 
It's going to be a good time. So make sure you're back with mm. us next Friday, 8 o'clock, right here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe so that you get notified when we're starting up and you don't ever miss a thing. Until next week, thanks for being with us. And that's not just blowing smoke. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down.